Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and with me today, I have Kevin Walsh on the chat with me. So Kevin is a singer, songwriter, and musician from Cork. He has one amazing powerful voice in terms of emotion and delivery. It's absolutely fantastic. Seriously, after this episode's done, go check it out. Uh, he emerged onto the Irish music scene in 2022 with the autism awareness theme supergroup Embrace the World, which featured West End's Carolyn Kay and fellow neurodivergent new folk artist Emma Lankford. Uh, with his first single, he went straight to number one on iTunes, number 19 on the homegrown charts, and he's appeared on the six o'clock show and headline As I Am's Same Chance World Autism Conference in 2022. Uh, most recently, on Oct- October 27th, he released his second single, Not a Dry Eye in the House, which is a cover of the Meatloaf classic penned by Diane Warren, and that also went to number one on the Irish rock charts. Um, he made, he produced and wrote a music video for that single that also just won an award at the Fourth Theatre Movies Award. Um, the guy is just an insanely creative and talented individual, <laughs> to say the least. So we'll be chatting about all that and um, his love of meatloaf and also what's coming in the near future for him as well. It's, uh, it's, it's a very fun episode. I really had a pleasure chatting to him. It was very, very, very enjoyable. So I'm going to get on with the episode. And here's a theme music by Zach Stevenson. Okay, so we're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm with Kevin Walsh. Kevin, thank you so much for coming over and being on the podcast. It's it's fantastic having you. And thank you very much for having me, Bara. No, it's brilliant. Um, so I guess like what I normally do with these episodes, I start off with, you know, asking how did you get into music is kind of a very basic question. But uh, um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> how did the how did the love for music start? See, I don't have a conscious memory of a time that I got into music. I was just always into it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I have memories of being five years old in the nineties and being very big into Disney and MTV. So I was just watching the movies all the time and watching the music videos all the time, just because not only were the sounds amazing, but you have these big, amazing visuals as well, which... Mm. I just found very appealing and wanted to watch again and again. Do you, do you remember anyone that particularly comes to mind? Because I, I loved the Disney films when I was growing up. Aladdin was played on our house on the VHS quite a bit. <laughs> um, All of them, like whichever year, whichever respective one was out, that got all the airplay that year. So <laughs> like pretty much from like Beauty and the Beast straight through to Tarzan. <laughs> oh, Tarzan. Would Phil, it was Phil Collins who the soundtrack <laughs> yeah. for Tarzan. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. amazing stuff there too. <laughs> Um, so but, um, uh, the two I remember start sending out the boats we were Hercules and Hunchback of Notre Dame, both brilliant films. Hunchback of Notre Dame is a dark movie. I remember watching that like years later after I was like, this film is <laughs> it's quite intense, especially towards the end. Yeah, no, I mean, it scared the bejesus out of me <laughs> when I was a wee lad, but I think that was the appeal of it just. Something about like f- the way Frawl used to go on and trying to set everyone on fire. It just <laughs> had this very fistful reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like, oh, Jafar wants to do it for the evils or Ursula wants to do it for the evils that Frollo had some serious uh, edge to him. 
<laughs> so where uh, where did the love for performing come from then? Because I saw that you you did a few. Uh, did, did you do uh, stage stuff before the, before singing? No, I was always into playing dressed up as a child. Okay, <laughs> and um, you know, like my friends and I in the playground were like reenacting Star Wars, so it was something we were always doing. But I didn't get into like doing it like semi professionally till later on when I was in college. And uh, like, um, how how did you find it when you first started doing it? It was something I always wanted to do, so I was only delighted to do it. <laughs> and uh, uh, first show, I, first show I ever did was an opera chorus called Pagliacci. What? Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not an easy thing to sing. On it, the Everyman in Cork, John O'Brien directed and conducted it, and. Um, did, a, did one about vampires as well because <laughs> uh, a reviewer aptly described at the time it's uh, the plot of EastEnders set to singing <laughs> <laughs> Could you, do you mind elaborating on that like what the, what the plot is <laughs> no because it's about a circus troupe that come into town and us and the core through the villagers and we go to watch the show and what we don't realise is the, the two leads the woman who was played by the late Cara Sullivan is having an affair with one of the others in the show and then the guy playing the lead finds out about it and he calls her out about it in the middle of the show and just goes into this completely murderous rage and we think it's all part of the performance and then he just ups and kills everyone. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, that's the same meme, and that's the same meme with the video was going back to when I was a kid like stuff like Shakespeare's sister stay and Michael Jackson Earth song. There's always this kind of very visceral association between life and death and music. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I, I, when I was in my teenagers, I listened to like exclusively like nineties rock music. And so yeah. much, so much of it was all about drugs, depression, everything. I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. And for some reason I'm drawn into actually listening. <laughs> yeah. <to it. laughs> Um, so what made you want to like be like, what made you think like, oh, I can actually make a career out of this. I can actually be a singer and, you know, go forward with this. It was something I always wanted to do. And uh, when when did you, when did you do your first, because you, you had a number one single, I think, didn't you? On uh, iTunes. On iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the one Embrace the World that came out last year. Yeah. And uh, what was it like recording that song? It was um, very interesting and very good process too. And it really is an ode to modern technology because I had nine singers on that and we never met each other. (laughs) Oh, really? You never met the whole time? Well, I met some of them later on when I got to do the music video and stuff. But Mm. when we were recording it, it was all, they recorded their bit in the studio and then they sent it on to me and we just edited all the parts down that way. (laughs) <laughs> and uh did you enjoy the recording process of it yeah very much mm. and um like people actually, on that like emma langford are fantastic and i've been a big fan of her since she started out and um what was i trying to say um when actually sorry i, I completely glossed over when did you learn how to sing the way that you sing because like you you it should be noted if anybody hasn't heard kevin kevin's music the guy can really sing <laughs> So when when did you start learning how to sing? Uh, I was always interested in singing, but 
that kind of like really intense rock opera stuff it's not something you could do as an untrained person without a no. hurting <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> i always wanted to go and train and then when i got into cork school of music to do my degree i had the opportunity to train and i had an amazing teacher named robert craig he was, had a master's from juilliard he was a tenor as well oh wow okay and uh we really hit it off and uh, he was like, it's not about forcing it. You have to let it come out naturally. And you certainly do. Um, what, where, 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 what would be your biggest musical influences? I know you mentioned Disney, but like, and uh, MTV when you're growing up, but like in terms of your, like your current uh, projection, like what would be your current main influences in music? The, the big adult contemporary power ballads of the eighties and nineties, like, the single that's out now is cover of a meatloaf track and it's yeah, like literally have... that style that I'm literally influenced by. Anything no. that's kind of like cinematic with kind of this rock edge to it. Well, meatloaf is certainly a good influence to have. Jeezy. <laughs> and you, you, you do very well. So we'll talk about it now. The, uh, the new single, um, not a dry eye in the house. How did that song come about? So, um, I actually had the opportunity to meet Meatloaf in 2020. What? Again, we're talking. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and again, we're talking about the joys of modern technology here because this was back during COVID and everyone was talking over Zoom, like the way we're talking now. Mm. There was a virtual event on called Galaxy Con. It's like the Comic Con at the Duke in Dublin, but here you could pay about 100 to talk to him for a couple of minutes. So nice. the class. Assets impulse by of the century. So what ended up being a two minute chat ended up being a 10 minute chat. And I posters up of some of the musicals and stuff I'd done going through college. So he was very interested in those. And one of them, I actually had a song in. So that really picked him up and he was like, Oh, you got to send my stuff to your manager. I really want to help you out here. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a, uh, because we're we're, taught, we're going back and forth between a span of 10 and 15 years here. But, um, no, I always had a bit of reticence for putting myself out there. Mm. But that was the moment where I decided, okay, I'm actually really going to knuckle down and try and make a career out of this. <laughs> well, yeah, if you get the get the nod from Meatloaf, I think that's a yeah. sign. <laughs> was he nice? He seems like, it seems oh, like yeah. he was a lovely experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you find shooting the music video actually? Cause I've been on the sets for music videos and some people like them. Some people don't do, like doing them as in their lawn students have lawn experience. Oh, I love them. But the only downside of them is that you pay as much as you would for a small holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember a, f- a friend of mine, he was shooting something very simple and, uh, it nearly cost him an arm and a leg. <laughs> like, well. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of uh, what's next for you now? Where like where where do you hope to go after this in terms of like obviously you're going up and up and up. I think the single did very well as well. This one this this new single did very well yeah. as well. Yeah. So on uh, the rock charts and iTunes. Nice. Yeah. But um I'm on the card to perform at Cork Opera House next month oh, as part wow. of the two night Christmas concert. That's a gorgeous venue as well. That'd be amazing. And we're doing Embrace the World as part of that, which is the first single. And John O'Brien, who I mentioned earlier, is conducting and arranging it. Mm. Oh, fantastic. So awesome. It's going to be a full-on symphony orchestra arrangement, which I'm very excited oh about. Have you ever performed the symphony orchestra? 
I've performed in choruses and choirs with orchestras. But it's just you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just amazing to have a thirty piece behind it. Um not sure if you've ever seen it, but Meat Love did a concert with a symphony orchestra in two thousand and four and it was recorded on DVD. Oh, no, I have not seen that actually. Yeah. I've seen like I've seen a good few because uh, my dad was a big Meatloaf fan. We had all the uh, Bad Out of Hell CDs, but I haven't seen yeah. that now. I'm, I'm assuming it's worth watching. <laughs> oh, totally. It was with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, and like it's just a testament to how well the two styles of music can go together. Oh no, like it, it, it's 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 funny, like because I hadn't listened to Meatloaf in a long time, and then obviously. When we were organizing this, I was like, I'll put them on, just see what the crack is. I was like, this music is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> really, really something. I think uh, Bad, Out of, Bad Out of the Hell is the most successful um, most successful album series of all time. I think, was there four or was there five? Three. There was three. Okay. Yeah. But that's even saying so. There's only three of them and it's still, yeah. 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 But um, can I ask you a question, actually? Because I saw you, do, I saw you post about it yesterday, and it was uh, in reference to a review that you got, and just with the language. Um, yeah, I thought what you did was because my my mom now she works as an SNA, um, so she works with uh, many kids with uh, with autism, and she's like the language is very important when you're talking about it. And I thought what you did was very, very. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Now, to be honest, so if you could just elaborate a little bit on that, that'd be great. Oh, very important, and thanks for bringing attention to it. So. I'm autistic and I've been identified as such since I was five. And that's another reason why the music is such an important part of my life. Mm. But, um, I was strict, but, um, like growing up, you could hear different words being referred to, like, as autism is autistic. But the term this reviewer use is a very archaic term mm. that was used a lot when I was growing up, suffers from. And the yes, that yeah. terminology just makes me crazy. I'd say it does because it's not yeah. like yeah. Anyway, yeah. But uh, I thought I thought calling it out, and you did it in a very nice way as well. But I thought it was I yeah. thought it was very good that you did that. Yeah. Um, what age group does your mom work with? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I think it's mostly nine year olds at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she works down in the she works down in the local school. But um, yeah, she was like the terminology is she goes it's very it is very very important. Um. Because it's not, it's not, you know, suffers from is a fucking terrible way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Like I said in the email to him, like I'm, I've held down like a day job for a year and I'm yeah. really enjoying it. And I'm bringing out this single, which hence you're reviewing on it. That's hardly suffering. <laughs> and there's actually been like events in the past where people have introduced me, Kevin suffers from autism. And I've just oh, like walked God's out. Really? Well, and I walked out of them afterwards. Well, fair play to you. Yeah. Seriously, they'd introduce you like that. Yeah, because it's <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's her. Oh, it it, it does yeah. it does bother me so immensely. And I like you know, um, it's just, it yeah, it's because it's the same. They just make it out to be like it's the end of the world. It's like it's not. It's it's it's. Yeah. it's, it's Anyway, do you think it? Uh, how how much do of it do you think it plays in the role of the music that you play? Like. Uh, in terms of like um, character and all that kind of carry on. Do you mean with the terms or just me relating to it? Me relating, me relating to it. Oh, big time. And that's why I've always gravitated so much towards Meatloaf Soda Music in particular, because it's very intense. There's something just visceral on an extra kind of end of the world level. Because the way I, the way I would describe 
my experience with autism is that you feel everything more intensely and mm. socially it's like if different kind of levels of support needs and my support needs to be quite low but even with something like socializing it'll be like using a mobile but you have it on 5g battery all the time just takes that bit more energy mm. to do so but with that meat look, it was just an extra bit of drive. Like when he says he'll be gone in the morning like a bat out of hell, he'll really be gone <laughs> in the morning like a bat out of hell. Yeah. And he just really like means it from the bottom level. <laughs> no, I completely get what you mean. It is, yeah. it's it is what like I I the I with meatloaf particularly, I distinctly remember as a child driving up because my, my family live in Tyrone, so we'd be driving up and dad would have that on in the car and he'd just be like, he's speeding down the uh, speeding down the motorway going, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> well, we're, we're on to the second half of the podcast, which is where we do the random questions that I'd ask you if we were at a bar is the way that I normally like to describe it. Uh, so the first one is, uh, what was the first and last album that you fell in love with? First album was Welcome to the Neighborhood by Meatloaf. Nice. And the last album, uh, Cuts Both Ways by Gloria Estefan. Oh, nice. Very, very nice. Um, I haven't listened to that in a long time as well. Uh, who do you think is the most underrated artist? The most underrated? Yeah, artist? Like, like, um, like any musician? Uh, Marion Raven. Mar- Who's Marion Raven? I don't know them. Uh, she sings on one to do on the. She did the duet Meet No One. It's all coming back to me now. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'm assuming it's worth checking out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, most, people, most people would know it's a Celine Dion song, but Meet Love did a version of it too. All right. Okay. And um, if you could change one thing in the Irish music scene, what would it be? I think. To, that there'd actually be more space to showcase independent artists. For like, sure. because unless you've like made it abroad or something, it's very hard to get into like the big leagues, like late, late show or something. I mean, I would love it if we could like devise, like even like a little TV show, like our own little top of the pops or something <laughs> that like in the, that us indies can come on and really showcase our platform. I would love a top of the pops for Ireland. That would be amazing because I like I don't know what the scenes like down in Cork because I haven't actually been to Cork in a long time. But uh, even just with Dublin here, we have so many bands that it's kind of ridiculous. Like you go out and you're watching a new live band and you're just like, who are these guys? <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> it's every single time. I, like Cork seems to be Cork oh, totally. has a, a load it's, of great people playing. Oh, totally. It's a very much long same lines of Dublin. Like a lot of very talented people, but because it's of like in not being like in the know or like whatever clique there is it's mm. hard for them to get heard and for for music like yourself is it very limited where you can play in cork or is there kind of like a good few spots that you can do no there's lots of very good open mics like the one i would really give a shout out to is red zeppelin because they're a very accommodating oh, venue and i've heard so much great things about that venue i've never been now but i've heard it's fantastic yeah, yeah. They run an open mic on Tuesdays and like it's not just heavy metal. They take anything and unlike other open mics where like you're just in the corner and people can talk away through it, they really make a point of getting everyone to sit down and listen. Mm. Fantastic. Um, like, there's nothing, like there's nothing more discouraging than like doing an open mic and you just go up into a corner and then the people next year just chatting the way through. Oh. It's really discouraging. We were, I was at a gig recently and I couldn't believe it. So, um, it was uh, actually I won't name the artist because it's it's bad out, but um, 
people were fucking, we were watching them and they were just vaping during the whole show. And I was like, this is so unbelievably disrespectful. Stop doing that. And then at one point they were like, I lost a family member very recently and they were telling the story. People were laughing and talking during it. It was like, has everybody over COVID just lost uh, any sort of social decorum when you're at gigs? It's absolutely ridiculous. Because it's not just important to have the platform, but it's also important that you have the platform where you're listened to as well. Yeah. And exactly, especially yeah. with this kind of music that I'm doing, which is more closer to what you see in a theatre. Mm. So I think sometimes in the more casual kind of setting, that might go over people's heads a bit. Yeah. What, what, really? I th- I would I would be, I, I don't know, I would be kind of the person if I heard heard the music that you're playing, which is, it really is fantastic. I do, I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, I'd be like, shit, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but um, let's see, what what's one of the other kind of questions that we have? Um, oh, what's your current go-to music at the moment? My current go-to music, it's uh, whatever's playing over the speakers in boots. <laughs> in boots? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what is yeah. it at the moment? It's not. They're not doing the Christmas songs just yet, are they? Uh just about they had to take that new one on the last day okay <laughs> um and let's see what's another good one um do you have a favorite live act that you've seen this year um not this year but the my favorite live act ever ever was Bruce Springsteen Oh, where did you see? Where did you see the boss? <laughs> uh, Parky Creeve in twenty thirteen. Oh, fantastic! Are you going to see him on his new? He's he's playing again. You know this. Uh, oh, I'm definitely I'm definitely considering it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I he puts on. I think my parents went and they came back and they were just like they were they, they came back exhausted and they were just like he plays for three hours. <laughs> you get well, your money's worth for sure. Well, in this particular night, he played for three hours forty five. Oh my god. <laughs> How does someone play for that? Like, do you see yourself uh, hopefully in the future doing three-hour shows? Uh, no. <laughs> just because of the amount of vocal stamina requires us to do that stuff. Yeah, I have no idea. I remember seeing, um, do you know the band Biffy Claro, the Scottish band, yeah. Scottish rock band? I remember seeing them in the Three Arena years ago. I, Quite uh, underrated as well. Yeah, Biffy Claro, well, they, they, had a few, they had like two bad albums and then so people kind of like lost interest and then they had one really 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 good one that was fantastic i think it was for like the soundtrack for a film and no one listened to it which was a very damn shame but no biffy Clara are very very good but i saw them yeah. i think brand new were the support as well it was a great show anyway but they played for about three hours and ten minutes and played for a very very long time and i was with my friend zach who's an enormous fan and i was there going like zach can we please go home and he's like why because <laughs> i'm knackered and he goes they're still playing i was like i know but it's like their songs are like three minutes long. So you're getting like like 30 songs or something. I was just like, I need to go Easy. home. I'm so tired. <laughs> Definitely getting your money's worth. <laughs> I was only like 40 quid or something like that as well. Whereas you go to the three arena now and I think Tenacious D I really like Many of Horror. Many of Horror is a, f- a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's the other one? Um, Semi-Mental, which is on the album Puzzles is a, f- a great song as well. But um, Kevin, I don't really have actually any more questions for you. Uh, to be honest, we flew through those. But uh, my main thing now is uh, where where can everybody find you and what's coming up in the future for you? So you can find me on all the usual online platforms, Facebook and Instagram. I have my two music videos up on YouTube. 
And um, yeah, there's a couple more screenings of the music video for Nana Dry in the House. Nice. So uh, like, uh, can you go, Waterf- is it online or? Uh, online. Okay, cool. Uh, Waterford Film Festival on in two and a half weeks time and another one in Cork at the end of the month. Oh, fantastic. And then at the Cork Opera House gig on the 18th and 19th of December. Yeah, no, that's, that's, please get a video of that. I'd love to see that. That sounds like it's going to be absolutely, I'm sure you're like super excited for it as well. Or yeah. a bit nervous. <laughs> excited and nervous. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine having a symphony orchestra behind you when you're singing. I'd say it's, I'd say it's one of the most goosebump mm-hmm. moments going. But um, I, Kevin, I finish every single interview with uh, the question, what do you enjoy most about what you do? Uh, I just enjoy the catharsis of expression. <laughs> That's a v- lovely sentence and a very nice way to finish that episode. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm, if you're ever playing Dublin, let me know. Uh, I'd, I'd happily go see it. I'd love to see it, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest. I really, really appreciate it. No worries. Bye. So that is our episode for this week. I want to give a quick thank you again to Kevin for coming on. It really was a pleasure chatting with him. Seriously, make sure you go check out the music video for Not A Dry On The House. It's really something else. As I said it, at the beginning of the episode, the won the award uh, for best music video. And uh, it's also the song went to number one on the rock charts recently as well. So before after we've recorded this. So uh, yeah, it, it's he's a really, really good musician. Definitely check him out. And I'd say there's... A lot in store that he has for us in 2024 that could be very exciting there'll be a link for all those in the description of this episode and i guess on my end just uh if you like the podcast give it a follow it helps me out as i say every week um but the main thing is thank you very much for listening to the whole episode i hope you enjoy it and i'll be back again soon for another episode thank you very much goodbye